Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of superantigens from the immunology section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this topic with a clinical snapshot. A 23-year-old woman presents to the emergency department with fever, headache, vomiting, rash, and confusion. She was in her usual state of health approximately two days prior to presentation. She is currently in menses and uses tampons. Her temperature is 38.9 degrees Celsius or 102 degrees Fahrenheit. Blood pressure is 88 over 58 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 110 per minute and respirations are 22 per minute. On physical exam, there is diffuse macular erythroderma and vaginal hyperemia. This is a case of toxic shock syndrome. Let's now get into the topic. Superantigens activate T-cells to result in massive cytokine production. In terms of the pathogenesis, under normal conditions, an antigen is taken up, processed, and expressed on MHC class 2 of antigen-presenting cells, or APCs. T-cells recognize this via its T-cell receptor. Superantigens interact directly with the MHC class 2 molecule on APCs forming superantigen MHC complex that interacts with the many T-cell receptors to release excessive amounts of IL-1, IL-2, TNF-alpha and beta, and IFN-gamma leading to systemic toxicity. In terms of a clinical correlate, there are two conditions related to this topic of superantigens, toxic shock syndrome and toxic shock-like syndrome. Toxic shock syndrome toxin 1, or TSST1, from Staphylococcus aureus leads to toxic shock syndrome. Exotoxin A, from Streptococcus pyogenes, leads to toxic shock-like syndrome. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A 17-year-old girl is brought to the emergency department by her father with fever, chills, and a body rash. Her father reports that three days ago, her daughter underwent surgery for a deviated nasal septum. Since then, she has been, quote, sleepy and in moderate pain. When the patient's father came home from work today, he found the patient on the couch, shivering and complaining of muscle aches. He also noticed a rash all over her body. The patient says she feels, quote, hot and cold, and also complains of lightheadedness. The patient has no other past medical history. She has been taking oxycodone for the post-surgical pain. She denies any recent travel. The father reports the patient's brother had a minor, quote, cold last week. The patient's mother has major depressive disorder. The patient denies tobacco or illicit drug use. She says she has tried beer before at parties. Her temperature is 103.2 degrees Fahrenheit, or 39.6 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 84 over 53. Pulse is 115 per minute. Respirations are 12 per minute. And oxygen saturation is 99% on room air. The patient is awake and oriented, but slow to respond. There is no focal weakness or nuchal rigidity. Physical examination reveals nasal packing in both nostrils, tachycardia, and a diffuse pink macular rash that is also present on the palms and soles. Initial labs show a neutrophil-dominant elevation in leukocytes, a creatinine of 2.1 mg per deciliter, an aspartate aminotransferase of 82 units per liter, and an alanine aminotransferase of 89 units per liter. 
which of the following is the most likely cause of the patient's symptoms? 1. Bacterial lysis. 2. Circulating endotoxin. 3. Mast cell degranulation. 4. Opioid receptor stimulation. Or 5. Polyclonal T-cell activation. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 5, polyclonal T-cell activation. The patient is presenting with nasal packing, high fever, chills, hypotension, and diffuse rash which is suggestive of toxic shock syndrome. Toxic shock syndrome is most often associated with a staphylococcal exotoxin that directly activates polyclonal T-cells. Remember, toxic shock syndrome, or TSS, is caused by the preformed Staphylococcus aureus toxin, or TSST1. This exotoxin acts as a superantigen, which bypasses uptake and processing by antigen-presenting cells to directly and nonspecifically activate clonal T-cells. This leads to an outpouring of cytokines. TSS is most often associated with high-absorbency tampon use and non-menstrual causes such as wound packing. Patients present with a prodrome of high-grade fever, chills, myalgias, and lethargy that develops into a multi-system syndrome including hypotension, a diffuse macular rash with desquamation of the palms and soles, as well as gastrointestinal, renal, and neurologic symptoms. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, bacterial lysis can cause endotoxin release. This is the mechanism underlying septic shock. While the effect of endotoxins likely contributes to TSS, the symptoms are mainly due to exotoxin effects. Answer choice 2. Circulating endotoxin release occurs with sepsis and septic shock. While the effect of endotoxins likely contributes to TSS, the symptoms are mainly due to exotoxin effects. Answer choice 3. Mast cell degranulation is part of the pathophysiology of type 1 hypersensitivity syndrome, such as anaphylaxis. And finally, answer choice 4, opioid receptor stimulation describes the mechanism of opioids such as oxycodone and fentanyl. An overdose would present with altered mental status, pinpoint pupils, and respiratory depression. In summary, toxic shock syndrome is caused by TSST1 exotoxin that acts as a superantigen to directly activate polyclonal T-cells. And that's all for this review about superantigens. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.